If you are looking for even more help and guidance on your breakup, I have a few different options for you to take your healing to the next level. I have four different online courses depending on what stage of the breakup that you're in from beginning all the way into moving on after heartbreak, or you can bundle all of my courses together and use the code podcast to get $25 off my course bundle. I also have my 30 day no contact challenge to help hold you accountable in going no contact with your ex. And we have our free Facebook group, Healing Hearts Club, where you can connect with other people going through breakups all over the world. To learn more about any of these resources, head to the show notes where you can learn more about my courses, take the quiz to figure out which course is best for you, or join the Facebook group. And don't forget to use the code PODCAST to get $25 off my course bundle. Welcome to the Heal Your Heartbreak podcast with your host, Breakup Bestie, aka me, Kendra. Breakups are hard, but you don't have to do it alone. Each week, I will be taking you through a different topic as it relates to breaking up, healing from heartbreak, growing in your single life, dating, and getting back into happier and healthier relationships. The goal of this show is to provide support, hope, tips, and to remind you that above all, this too shall pass. Welcome back to another episode of the Heal Your Heartbreak podcast. Today is another solo episode for you guys. And the title, as you can see from listening to it, is It Takes Two to Make a Relationship Work. And this is a topic that I guess evolved from messages and actually more specifically coaching sessions that I have done with people in the past where really this is the answer to it feels like I failed and I feel like it's my fault that the relationship did not work. And as it says in the title, this is a reminder that it does take two people to make a relationship work. It also means that one person cannot be the one doing all of the work for the relationship. So let's give a couple examples to help you identify if if maybe this, you're not sure if this quite sounds like your situation. So I had a coaching client. She, her and her partner went long distance. And when they went long distance, she like got into action. She was researching all of the ways to make a long distance relationship work. She got them different relationship books to like help them maintain connection when they were gone that they could read through and then talk about on their phone date. So she was literally doing everything possible in her power to make this relationship work and ended up being broken up with. And she really struggled with feeling like it was her fault. She was the one who initiated going long distance. She had to go long distance because of a job opportunity. And so because of that, she focused solely on the fact that the job is the reason that they broke up when in reality, she did everything possible to make that relationship work. Another example is for, and this can happen a lot in toxic relationships where your partner over the course of the relationship will almost they'll like subtly 
and sometimes not so subtly say things like you're a lot, you're being really dramatic, you're being super needy. So they will put these things in your head throughout the relationship. And so when the relationship is over, that's the thing you're going to point to in your mind. You're going to say, I'm the reason this relationship ended because I am too needy and I am a lot and I can be dramatic. And we forget to recognize that usually people who call other people needy are really just really just can't meet their partner's needs. And so regardless of how much you worked on making yourself smaller or trying to minimize the feelings that you have and not speaking up, at the end of the day, the relationship still would not have worked because the other person would never have stepped up to meet your needs. So I could go on with a lot of different examples of this. I think if you I think you get the gist of it if you're someone that's putting a lot of blame on yourself for the breakup and neglecting the other side of the coin which is your ex's effort to make the relationship work, then this episode will 100% apply to you. And I've talked about it on Instagram before, but I really think there's a reason that we tend to hyper fixate on what we did wrong or how we could have made it work. And, and I think it comes down to control and power. So when we're going through a breakup, it's a very powerless situation, even if you are the one that ended the relationship. And I want to earmark this because I do want to come back because I think this really applies to people who did end the relationship. But even if you ended the relationship, it feels very powerless in your life because you really pictured your life going one particular way. And then all of a sudden things shifted, things changed, the relationship ended, and it feels like you've lost a lot of power and control over your own life. And then if we're focusing on what our ex did wrong or things that our ex just did, it feels even more powerless because innately you know that you are not in control of your ex. You are only in control of yourself. So if you put the blame back on yourself and on what you could have done better, it gives you a sense of power and control back because you're like, okay, I can fix this. I can make myself less needy. I can not choose my own goals in my career in the case of the girl who had to move away. So I think it's almost easier to look at ourselves instead of our ex because it does give us a sense of control. And it's very cunning and baffling because and it sneaks up on you because it feels good to be someone that's like accountable and can see their own part and is self-aware of themselves within relationships. However, a lot of the time this is coming from the wrong motive. I think a lot of the time it's coming from a place of wanting to get back in control of the situation or just wanting to make the relationship work. So you'll say, oh my gosh, I was so needy. I'm so sorry. I'm really going to work on being less dramatic, or I'm really going to work on not needing you so much. I'm going to try to be more independent. And we use that as fuel to argue our way back into the relationship, which is not a good place to be in ever. So, and going back to the the earmark on 
people who end the relationship. I know a lot of guilt and I know some people don't experience any guilt and some people end relationships much without a lot of thought. I think that's rare, but for the most part, when someone ends a relationship, there's a lot of guilt on, oh, I should have tried harder. I should have tried to make it work more. I'm at fault for quote unquote giving up after the relationship. And again, we like push to the side all of the reasons why it was very valid to end the relationship in the first place. So again, when I've been working with coaching clients who have ended the relationship and are dealing with, I gave up on love. I gave up on this person. I took the easy way out. This isn't fair. I have them take out paper and write down all of the things that led to the breakup. And oftentimes what they will see in plain black and white in their own writing that they asked so many times for their needs to be met. They expressed multiple times how things were not working for them and nothing was done about it, or the person just wasn't capable of doing that. But again, this goes back to the fact that two people, it takes two people to make a relationship work. It's great when one person in a relationship wants to go to therapy. It's great for anyone who wants to go to therapy, but you cannot go to therapy to fix your relationship if the other person isn't willing to meet you halfway. Or even if they're not willing to go to therapy, they're not willing to listen to you after therapy and take some of the advice that the therapist said and work on things together. It's just not going to work. So I understand when people think it's just one thing that led to the breakup that they could have done better, that they could have just avoided doing, like that one conversation. But we forget to look like 10, 15, even 20 years down the road. So yes, if you hadn't expressed yourself in that way, maybe you wouldn't have got into that fight that led to the breakup. If you are a listener of this podcast, you know I warn about how your phone can either be a great tool or a huge obstacle when it comes to getting over your breakup. Instead of spending time on your phone trying to figure out what your ex is up to, why not spend some time engaging in a super fun mystery game that will help take your mind off your breakup? June's Journey is a hidden object mystery game with a captivating detective story taking you back to the glamour of the 1920s with a diverse cast of characters. Each new scene takes you further through a thrilling murder mystery story that sets the main protagonist, June Parker, on a quest to solve the murder of her sister and uncover her family's many secrets. I am such a big mystery and puzzle fan, so this game has been so fun for me to get into. When I'm looking for a little escape from reality during the day or a way to relax that doesn't involve social media, it's been so fun to use my brain in a new way by diving into June's captivating quest and engaging my sense of observation to find the hidden clues. Discover your inner detective when you download June's Journey for free today on iOS and Android. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. 
It is so important to share your thoughts and feelings while going through a breakup, especially if it's something you're feeling any guilt or shame around. I know whenever I'm struggling with a certain thought or situation and I keep it to myself, it gets heavier and heavier and feels harder and harder to manage. I truly believe we are as sick as our secrets. Therapy has always been a safe space for me to have a judgment-free zone to get things off my chest. Whether it's something from my past, a current struggle, or something I'm anxious about in the future, I always feel lighter when I'm able to share something that feels scary. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash heartbreak today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash heartbreak. The last time I went through a breakup, I know my mom was someone I was really able to lean on and get support from. She has always been a rock for me through heartbreak and everything in between. And with Mother's Day right around the corner, I wanted to share an idea of something super special that you can gift to your mom. MyLifeInABook.com is a unique service that turns your mom's life stories into a beautiful book. Every week, they will email your mom a question, and she can either type out an answer or record one. And at the end, mylifeinabook.com compiles all of her responses into a beautiful keepsake book, and they can even create an audiobook using her voice recordings. I gifted my mom this, and it means so much to me that I can not only learn so many of her stories, but also preserve them for my kids and future generations. My mom has already talked about how fun it's been for her to reflect on her past and think about things that she hasn't in so long. It even prompted her to dig up some old photos from when she was in the newspaper for being the only female mail carrier in Detroit in the 60s. So cool. Check out mylifeinabook.com and use code HEARTBREAK at checkout for 10% off. Create an unforgettable gift for your mom this Mother's Day. That's mylifeinabook.com. Use code HEARTBREAK for 10% off today. So let's get really specific with an example here. Let's say you are in a situationship and you ask maybe for the first time, maybe once again, to define the relationship and it's been an appropriate amount of time and that leads to a fight. They get defensive. They say that you're you're pushing too hard. You're being too needy. Why can't you just appreciate what we have now? But whatever, like clearly showing signs of not being willing to look at themselves and not being willing to hear you out. So yes, if you avoid that conversation that one time, but let's look three years down the road and you're still not in an official relationship with this person and nothing has changed. And if anything you have stopped yourself from bringing up your needs in other areas of the relationship because you are convinced that this is that part is on you and you're neglecting the fact that the person you're asking this does not have the ability to give you what you want and they don't have the awareness that you clearly want one thing and they clearly can't give it to you. So they're just continuing this thing, whether it's for selfish reasons or whether it's for subconscious reasons. You have to look at if things stay the same a year from now, two years from now, three years from now, how am I going to feel? And we also have to remember, and again, I know I've been bringing this up in a lot of podcast episodes, but it's just the season of life that I'm in right now as someone who has babies and toddlers at home, 
I can give another example of, let's say you're married or you're in a very serious relationship where you guys are living together and you express to your partner that you don't feel appreciated at home. You don't feel like the work is being split up in a way. And there's no right answer to this of how work should be split up, but it doesn't feel conducive to your beliefs and your values within a relationship. And so you bring that up and then the person gets really defensive. They fight back on it. You know, they threaten a breakup or whatever that looks like, but just the conversation does not go well. And let's say that, you know, a couple weeks down the road, it ends up that that ends the relationship. And all of a sudden, of course, you're blaming yourself. I shouldn't have asked them to do so much housework. Like I could have just done the laundry. I didn't need to push it. It wasn't it wasn't worth it to me losing the relationship over that. But if we fast forward however many years from now, you don't have that conversation. You married that person. You had kids with this person. And all of a sudden, life gets much more real and much more complicated. And you are managing baby work house and you don't feel like you can ask for help because your partner has made it clear in the past that that's not a conversation that they're worth that they're okay having. So again, we have to fast, we have to play the tape through of like what will this look like if it's left unattended for a certain period of time. And again, like I've seen this, it's so, it like breaks my heart with so many people that I know of one person because something in a relationship isn't working. One person just decides to take it all on. And for example, I had a coaching client who their partner was very flirtatious, I would say. And Again, I don't love to draw hard lines of what's okay and what's not okay within a relationship. However, the person that I was coaching was very uncomfortable with the situation. And what they took it to mean is that they're insecure and they need to work on not being so upset, quote unquote, so upset about things like that. And what I had to remind them of is, Hey, have you talked to your partner about this? Yeah, we've talked about it, but they have no interest in changing, having honestly having any further conversation about it. I don't want to lose this person. So I'm just going to take this on and try to go to therapy to make myself less sensitive about stuff like this. When in reality, it is completely appropriate to not want to be with someone who is super flirty if that's not something you're comfortable with. And there are people that would be fine with that and that's okay too. But again, it's like it takes two people who have mostly compatible values who both have a willingness (laughs) to work on the relationship. And that's really what this comes down to is both people do need to have a willingness to work on things because If you are in a long-term relationship where you are the only person doing anything to make the other person happy, to keep the peace within the house, 
first of all, you're going to have to change things about you. Like you may not want to, you may have to turn off certain sides of you that you love and that you were completely fine with. And this thing that my therapist always used to tell me was when you stop following your compass, you'll lose your true north. Like you won't be able to tell which way is up. So again, if you are someone who's maybe you're looking back at your past relationship and it's like, yeah, I was the only person making the effort. I did all these things for them and it quote unquote still wasn't good enough. And I hear that a lot too. Like I treated my partner so well and it still wasn't enough. And that's not the conversation we should be having. It's I treated my partner so well and they could not see it. They could not appreciate it. And I was clearly putting my energy in the wrong place because every single one of you listening to this episode deserves a relationship that feels, I don't even want to use the term equal, but feels reciprocated because there's something so anxiety inducing. And I'm sure a lot of you have been in these situations. I know I have where it constantly feels like you have to be feeding the relationship. Otherwise, it will go away. But that's not the case. Like Brene Brown puts it really well. And she uses the example of her and her husband of she'll come home from a work trip and she's exhausted and they have kids and she will tell her husband, I only have like 30% to give right now. And her husband will say, okay, I got you for the 70%. And they work together on things. You don't want to be stuck in a situation where you're nervous that if you don't have 100% to give, then the relationship is just going to fail. Honestly, this can apply to early dating. If you feel like you're the only person ever suggesting making plans with this person or you're the one that's always initiating conversations, it doesn't feel good to be in a situation like that. So if we think about that and we magnify that and we multiply that by being in a long-term relationship where you are talking about marriage or maybe you already were married are married and maybe you already have kids it's just i can't express the importance of both people at least having the willingness to look at themselves to hear someone out even if they don't necessarily agree with it and make compromises within the relationship someone might not like therapy but they do love the person. And so they're going to try it. They're going to be willing to try it. Someone, you know, might not be a big feelings person, but they're with someone who is a big feeler. And so they need to learn how to adapt and sit with someone else's feelings. And again, if your ex-partner didn't do this, those things for you, that does not mean you weren't good enough. It just means that they were not willing to do it. And you two were not compatible as a couple, hoping this is changing. But there are a lot of people out there who will maintain the personality in relationships of, I just want this to work, so I'm not going to speak up. I'm, I will morph into whatever my partner wants me to morph into. And you don't want to be that person. It does not feel good. It ends up being a huge self-abandonment thing and a huge way that you betray yourself. 
So it's important that you stick to your guns. You obviously do work and you reflect and you say sorry when you've done something wrong. You do all of those things, but you also don't feel like you're carrying the relationship solely on your shoulders. And if you're going through a breakup, if you were broken up with and it feels like should have done that one thing or shouldn't have done that one thing, go back through some of these things, play the tape through. If you would have avoided that one thing, would it have come up later? Yeah, it would have come up later. It would have come up a month later, six months later, a year later, but it would have come up. You can't just push relationship issues to the side. And if you're someone who ended the relationship and you feel guilty because it feels like you quote unquote gave up, go back through. Think of all the things that you tried, that you tried to communicate, that you did communicate, that you did to make it work and recognize that relationships end for a reason. It's very rare that I talk to someone who ended the relationship without so much thought that went into it. And yeah, it takes two. It really does. It really takes two people to make a long-term relationship work where both people are true to themselves, happy. And I know we all want that. And we all also deserve that. So don't beat yourself up. Don't get stuck in those could haves and should haves about something, again, that could have been done or shouldn't have been done. Because at the end of the day, you did what you felt was right. And if you look back on it, especially if you look back on it in like a couple years, you'll realize, oh, I completely did the right thing. Like I don't regret asking for that. Or I don't regret saying that because that was true to me at the time. And I'm glad I didn't end up with someone who couldn't hear that or couldn't meet me halfway on that. So yeah, here's another solo episode and I will see you guys back here again next week. I hope you enjoyed today's show. If you loved it, I hope you'll leave a review and share with your friends. If you're not already following me on Instagram, head to at your breakup bestie where I'm sharing new content almost every day. To join our Facebook group, Healing Hearts Club, where you can connect with thousands of people from all over the world going through breakups, head to the link in the show notes. And don't forget to check out my online courses for more in-depth help through your healing journey. I always end these episodes the same way, reminding you to be nice to yourself, stay connected with loved ones, and the biggest reminder is that this too shall pass. I promise.